0: Rain is wet
1: and sugar is sweet.
0: Clap your hands and stomp your feet.
1: Everybody, everybody knows.
2: We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. This is actually a Satellite Sisters new to you, but it's also a Satellite Sisters new to you breaking news because what brings us together today uh, is the sad death of Prince earlier this week. I'm Liz Dolan. You guys know what a huge, huge Prince fan I am. Uh, That music we played coming in was one of his lesser-known songs that is still one of my faves. So, you know, the the Love Crazy album doesn't get on anyone's list of Prince's best albums, but it's my favorite. So there you have it. Joining me, my sister Julie and my sister Monica. Julie, you're in Dallas. How are you?
0: I am. And, you know, Monica and Liz, I reached out to you two when I heard the news about Prince because uh, I'm a giant Prince fan. But I, somehow you two were super fans of Prince mm-hmm. that I feel mm-hmm. like in particular, <laughs> he was the soundtrack of your lives, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I was so I, he was your man. I know that. I mean, yeah. So I just you know, it was uh, such sad news I, um this week, and I just hope you both are doing okay.
3: Yeah. And Monica, how are you? I'm great. You know, what I was thinking about Prince, I mean, everyone's been thinking about him and listening to him and talking to him, talking about him all week, and, you know, it's just his music, his performances, it was his princeness. I mean, really, it was true excellence. I mean, I really think he... Was a musical genius. And now that I've spent all of these hours, uh, this week, as I'm sure many people have, just watching all of print, all of these Prince videos, you just saw like the, it was just, uh, sort of joyous for me to listen to his music again and see all the videos. And I've been watching, you know, all the videos people have been posting on Facebook. And then I went kind of deep into YouTube, uh, this week. <laughs> it's just amazing. And you really, mm-hmm. you learn a lot about someone after they die. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just said how, how hard he fought for musicians' rights and the rights to own their own music. And I also learned that he was quite a philanthropist, mm-hmm. but he was mm-hmm. very quiet about it. You know, he supported yeah. a lot of causes, but he didn't publicize supporting all these causes and you know just the joy in his music it was it was it's amazing it's been an amazing week watching the videos
0: yeah yeah you that's just the bitter, that's the bittersweet part about it is that as difficult as it is to lose someone that great because they've just been flooding every channel you know an airwave with all these videos it's been kind of enjoyable to see see these great performances i agree monica
2: I know. I I sent Sheila one, a YouTube video that I saw of Prince singing uh, Joni Mitchell's classic, I Could
3: Drink a Case of You. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. It's so. She was a big influence on Prince. I know. Joni Mitchell was, which is what's so sort of ironic about the show. Because when you hear the show today, and you hear it's after the Super Bowl where right. Prince performed, and um, and then Sheila does a shout out to Joni Mitchell. Yes. So there you go. Yes. Yes. So the show this is actually a preamble for
2: is the day after Prince's halftime performance uh, at the Super Bowl. And so we're not going to talk about it right now because we talk about it on the show. But I think we can all agree it was... The best ever Super Bowl halftime show, right? I do yes, hands down. Hands down, not close, so dramatic, and we all enjoyed it in the moment. I enjoyed – I had actually forgotten that we had talked about it, and somebody on the Facebook group, the, right after Prince died, there was a lot of outpouring there because people knew we were fans and we talked about Prince a lot on the show, and somebody posted a note about they remembered us talking about Prince's halftime show. So I went and I looked it up, and there it was, Satellite Sisters, new to you, new to you.
0: <laughs> it was, you know, Liz, it was kind of new to me. I was like, well, I don't think I was on that show. And yeah, then I listened to you. You were.
3: Show. I was on the show, Liz. Plus, you, you get to hear Sheila talk about football. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <you> <laughs> that n- didn't happen every week. You have not
2: heard that in a while. Yeah, you know, I, I originally got the news about Prince. From our former webmaster, Sarah Sweeney, who everyone who's a longtime listener will know of Sarah. At you know, ten thirty Thursday morning I got a text from her that just said, thinking of you right now, XOXO, hashtag stay delirious. And I wow. thought, uh oh, what's that about? Uh-huh. That's yeah. not good. And then like a minute later, it popped up the news alert popped up on my cell phone that uh-huh. Prince had died. But you're right, Monica, I've just been sucked into every old video, every old CD, uh, things that I already had in my iTunes collection and things that I've added now. But I was also remembering, we saw
3: Prince live together in Portland. Remember that show? We did, Liz. You know, I looked, that was 1997. Okay. And even though we were in the nosebleed section, what I remember is, Prince is tiny. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He's very tiny from far away, but I remember he was an all-white, and I don't know if you remember this, Chaka Khan came out. I remember that. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, And, of course, he wrote her biggest
2: hit, and yes, Chaka Khan, Prince, and here's what I remember, Monica, which I know could not possibly be true. Uh, so this is just <laughs> the way, the way. Oh, my, this is going to be good, Liz. <laughs> no, it's going to be good, Julie, because the, I love Prince so much that in my recollection in that show, you know, he dances a lot too. He does everything, Prince. He plays every mm-hmm. instrument. He sings every song. He, he wrote all the songs. He just, he does everything. And, but he was also dancing his full head off. And in my recollection, there's a moment where. He's standing on the floor and he jumps up on top of the piano. Now, I know he probably couldn't do that in one fell swoop, that he must have jumped to the piano bench and then onto the piano or some other means of getting onto the top of the
3: piano. Right. He he was on top of that piano.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I just choose to believe that he did that all in one jump because (laughs) because he was that good. Because he was Prince and so, so original, so sexy. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to a colleague of mine about this at work on Thursday afternoon. I think men have a hard time understanding Prince as well as we do. And Mm -hmm. he was explaining to me that it's because they can't understand why women find Prince sexy. He said, I just... The, the makeup, the heels, the fur coats, the falsetto voice. Like if, yes, if yes, I, yes. If, I know, I know, Monica, I know. And he's like, if I tried that, it would totally not work. I'm like, well, yes, you are probably right about that. I will, I will admit, it is very hard to pull off. Uh,
0: but it was the whole package. That was it, Liz. Exactly. I mean, if you just had the high heels and the purple coats uh, and, you know, and the do rags, it wouldn't have worked. It was, it was, it was just as Monica said, it was his princeness, you know, the, you know, that he could do everything that, and he brought it all the time.
1: He brought
2: it. So anyway, very sad, but very, um, a good excuse to go back and just review uh, so many beautiful performances over so many years, including the one you're going to hear about on today's show, which is the, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show, it's like he called down the rain. He just called it down, you know? He is, I heard someone on the news say, he was just like his own special effect. And that's yeah, the way yeah. That's the way it feels at the Super Bowl halftime show. Like he, they called him in advance, and they were worried that he might not want to go on because of the rain. And what he said to Don Misher, the producer of that show, he said, can you make it rain harder? Yeah. Aww. There you go, people. Yeah. Between that and one of his favorite lines and one of the songs I'll play today, I guess, is that dancing. He has a line where, like, it's where you're supposed to jerk your body like a horny pony would.
0: So that, that's... <laughs> Liz, I've never heard you say anything no. like that before. I, no.
2: Oh, see, I think that maybe that's another thing that only Prince can say.
4: Yeah, um, it may be, Liz. It may anyway,
2: be. so, okay, uh, without spending too long on this, um, Monica, there's also another chapter to our Prince
3: life. Right, Liz, I just have to go back explain the story. So your 50th birthday party, people were invited to, it wasn't a roast, but, you know, people were going to give toast, do something special. So this was Sheila's idea and it was an excellent idea. Sheila had cooked up this routine we were going to lip sync to Prince's Let's Get Crazy. We Sheila bought wigs. We had purple wigs. We had a guitar. We had a boombox. And the and we that, the we this is you, Sheila, Sheila and and Leah, a, right? Right. And it surprised you know Leah was the musical director. Oh, yes. But uh, but unfortunately the boombox messed up. So our lip-syncing routine Fell flat a little bit. We just finished. <laughs> yeah, the wigs and the guitar. But we tried, Liz. You know, it yeah. would have been excellent had uh, music worked. But
2: well, uh, you know, once again, it was an issue of limited connectivity. Yes. Uh, but the entire audience, and there were a lot of people at that party. People completely loved the uh, the effort. the The purple wigs. <laughs> The control- there was some dancing. You pulled off some dance steps.
3: We uh, had some dance moves. You were trying to sing. this all afternoon. It was, it was quite a bitter disappointment to us, but it was for you, Liz. It was a highlight of the birthday party. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. Um,
2: okay. Anything else uh, we want to say about this show that people are about to listen to? Uh, Monica, there's a lot of stuff in this show.
3: There is, and and, and bring back Smoothie Monday. Uh, I, I had totally forgotten about that. Sheila used to have what she called Smoothie Monday, where she tried to smooth it out for people, and she would make smoothies. In the radio studio in Los Angeles on Monday, and she'd do these little smoothie <laughs> dedications. and they never really worked. I mean, it
0: wasn't. <laughs> I mean, the sound. I mean, maybe she enjoyed it, or sometimes they didn't even taste good. But she <laughs> always. But it was very. High, it was very
2: high concept, and she was there committed was, to it. She was committed to it.
0: Yeah. There was some yeah. blender noise. That was about it. Yeah.
2: yeah
0: <laughs> Smoothie Monday,
2: we also, Julie, you have a lot to say in this uh, show because we're reviewing the Super Bowl ads. and yes, this, is, yes. this is Super Bowl 2007, so that's, you know, a long time ago. Uh, I know
0: you'll you'll have to I had had to really think hard about some of those ads, but you'll remember them. And uh, what was these new to you shows? What was surprising to me is they still sound pretty fresh and uh, still very enjoyable. And uh, so and then Sheila and I certainly take up the sport. Of reading the New York Times uh, wedding announcements, uh, so that there were some good ones uh, in 2007, and they continue to be good ones in 2016. So, it's still a good sport. All right, so
2: uh, so this is it. New to you uh, from February 5th, 2007. We have many shows. That we are trying to reintroduce you to, especially our new listeners. If you have favorite shows that are in our archive that you want to specifically ask us to to talk about and re-release, uh, just go ahead. You can post that at uh, our Facebook group or Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. You can tweet that to us, and uh, there you have it. So, okay, you guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You, you too, Liz. You too, Monica. And we are the Satellite Sisters, and this one is going out to Prince and new to you.
0: This is Liz Dolan, this is Sheila Dolan, this is Monica Dolan, this is Leon Dolan. You're listening to another classic classic episode classic episode of Satellite, Satellite Sisters to Go. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation any can, conversation, but but any conversation,
2: Any can. conversation can.
4: Welcome, everybody. Sheila Dolan here with my sister, Liz. And hey, Liz, my team won. Okay, good. Did you watch the game? Not really, no. I watched the halftime game, but I saw the score this morning. Okay. Good
2: good for you,
0: Sheila. Glad
4: you could catch up with the news.
0: Very, very happy. Julie, did your team win? My team won. My man won, Sheila. Peyton Manning, of course. You got it. All right. Well, we're going to have a full post-game check-in with our satellite
4: Mr. At-Large today, Chris Condon, if you remember. He was at the game, on the field. On the field, Sheila. He called in Friday to give us the report of all the parties going on in town. He was
2: in Miami. And so today he's going to tell us what it was like to actually be on the field yesterday. Of course, it was pouring rain. (laughs) On the field in the soaking rain. Soaking rain. The football game is going on. Prince performance is going on. Chris was there. We're so lucky. So later on in this hour he's phoning in for the complete report.
4: Great. But first, uh, hey girls, let's talk about the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on. It really was an exciting game. This is my first Super Bowl in 10 years to be able to watch it in kind of real time and not just watch the highlights because I've been living overseas ah. I thought it was a very exciting game because of the rain oh you know?
4: Julie really okay
2: you a lot watching... of double
0: double fumbles you know, f- yeah, you know. The,
2: the double fumble is really a lot of fun the miss, they should snaps, do that more
0: often. <laughs> miss snaps the miss kicks that was good the run backs the interceptions it was exciting.
2: Yeah, it was a, a really dramatic story. Uh, Sheila, you you missed it, but the the opening kickoff got run back for a touchdown. Oh my by, god, by the Bears. Oh. So that's always exciting. The Bears? <laughs> I'm Don't sorry. Say that. I told Don't. you I was never going to say that. <laughs> oh can boy. Just, okay, now that the game is over, can everyone in America just stop saying that?
4: So you watch every, you watch the whole game Liz? You, yeah, I uh, did, but I was,
2: you know, I think that there are a lot of people that were just rooting for Peyton Manning. And so I was one of those people. And I was just very happy to see him have a good game, really succeed. He just seems like such a good guy, Julie. Well, he and is. And I you know, know you
0: go way back with we, him. I go way back with Peyton Manning. Perhaps you What's didn't know. What's your connection, Julie? Sheila, I have a very close personal connection to Peyton Manning. Okay, you might want to take out a piece of paper and write this down so you can follow along. Is it six degrees? Absolutely, Sheila. My son, Nick, when he was on the 12-year-old all-star baseball team, in New Orleans, because we lived in New Orleans for a long time, his teammate was the New York Giants quarterback Eli Manning. Okay, oh. but at the time Eli was not a Giants quarterback; <laughs> he was just a twelve-year-old um, center fielder. Oh. that was that was it. Okay. okay, but Eli was on the same team, so of course, Eli's mom Olivia, there, you know, who's yep. married to Archie Manning, the illustrious New Yorks, uh, New, uh, New Orleans quarterback. She was the team mom and had the team party. Uh So I've never really met Peyton Manning, but I feel very close to him because of this close uh, connection. To this one baseball party in New Orleans.
2: <laughs> so you've been in Peyton Manning's backyard. Yes, is I have. It?
0: Yes, I have. There did you have. Did you it. have chips and dip? Yes, of course. In these just absolutely adorable baseball serving things. You know, Olivia Manning had it all. She had all the sports paraphernalia there. She knew how to throw a sports party. And I'm hoping that the Manning family is having a big sports party today because they did a Sports it. party too yesterday.
4: You, you did? did. I you did. I had three bowls. I had the blue corn <laughs> chips. I had the big guacamole and the big salsa. And I just sort just of dip, all by yourself chipped, on the cozy couch, chipped and dipped. I cleaned the whole house for the halftime game. I really got it ready. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I have fun. to say,
0: it was an exciting game. And our engineer John Ramos called it. We oh. talked about it off air last week. He predicted that the final score was going to be Colts twenty-eight, fourteen. Yeah. John Ramos said that in the first half it was going to be a tight game, and it was. When we went to halftime, it was um 16 two points 16, apart right 16 14 mm-hmm. but then he said the colts would open it up in the second half and the final score opened of, it up opened it up <laughs> so i mean you know that we we have we do all kinds of things here at satellite sisters and we get ac- accurate sports predictions that's what i like
2: we also but, we had another pool we had the pool of the score of the game and john ramos won that but then we had a pool about what would prince's First song be, Rachel. Right,
0: oh yes. What about that? What about can we just talk about Prince? That was the most amazing concert.
2: Well let's get a little bit of the flavor of uh, here we go.
1: Dearly <laughs> beloved. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life.
0: Oh no, let's Leon predicted it. Our sister Leon said that he would lead off with Let's Go Crazy, yeah. and that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what I did when I heard that. <laughs> it was all by myself, shield with my own bowl of but, guacamole. Right. But I went crazy. I just was mesmerized by the fake lightning bolts, and the, the actual rain seemed to enhance... All the fireworks and made it sort of steamy and foggy and just perfect for Prince. And
4: the stage in the shape of the Prince
2: symbol, I mean, what could be better than that? No, he was really fantastic. And you're right, Julie, the rain, it was almost like next time he does a show, he should call for the rain. Just have (laughs) have the rain as an effect because it added so much. And, of course, when he sings Purple Rain, having rain is very helpful. But were you you kind of worried every time he had, like, Eight different guitar techs, hand him new guitars as he moved around the stage in the course of a relatively short performance. And every time he grabbed a new guitar, I thought, he's going to electrocute himself. Don't touch that guitar. I know.
0: I mean, how does that work? I mean, that was really scary. I was was mesmerized by his dancers that were really (laughs) – Sheila, they were doing the Beyonce move and then some there. And I thought – Maybe, perhaps, they have something on the bottom of those high heel boots that they were wearing. Julie, ke- I agree with you. I don't would, know how they did that. To, to keep them from not slipping on that stage. Or, or how even their the...
4: wigs stayed on, you know, in that rain. That <laughs> well, must you know, have been a major glue job there.
0: Well, you know, I thought about that, that other performers might not have looked so good in the rain. But yeah. Prince just looked <laughs> outstanding. And what I love with this... the do-rag? Yeah. I'm not sure
2: the do-rag was planned. What do you think, Sheila? I think that was an accommodation for the
4: rain. I But then the dramatic throwing into the audience of the durag was a nice touch. I think Prince might have put that on at home. I think he had that whole thing together there. Sort of, um, you know, asexual look. I mean, half man, half woman.
2: I think he does have a rider in his contract, Julie, where... Two chicks in boots must be standing next to him at all times. Because
4: that's true of all
2: of his performances I, anywhere. I, <laughs> Even when he, like, walks into the Golden Globes, aren't there two chicks in boots? Yes, on Liz, the you're right about yeah. that. But, so
0: he was fantastic. But they really ca- – and I believe that with, those were the Miami Hurricanes that were, were performing on the oh, side. Oh, I love they that marching great. band. They Ooh. were great. The whole thing worked in the rain. But, I mean, it was no, – all during the first half, I kept thinking – they're going to cancel Prince. They're going to cancel. How are they going to do too. this? Are they going to put him in a band shell? or, you know, I'm sure they were really, I didn't know how they were going to bring him out in the rain. And he was just awesome.
2: Yeah. Cause they can't cover them because half of those shots are blimp shots. So if you put someone under a tent, the blimp doesn't really do you that much. I good, know they can't know?
0: give him an umbrella. You know, I mean, it just, I just didn't know, but he just, he came out there. We have an expression here in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. That oh. some of, I, I don't use this much, Uh-oh. but a lot of the, um, a lot of the <laughs> ski uh, bums... Uh, this is
2: going to be embarrassing. Yeah, it is going to be embarrassing, and I'll try to
0: <laughs> use it in the right phrase. But, you know, the, a lot of the ski bums, when they go out and they ski, they say, you know, you just have to throw it down when you oh, go yeah. down the hill. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he threw well, it down. He threw it down. That's what I thought. So I
2: did enjoy the, the little fake doves at the end, too, because if you're a real Prince aficionado, like I am, I've seen Prince a lot live... He you just got to have some doves, doves in the picture. When and the I, doves I, fly. I thought they were going to let the, when they cry. Oh,
1: oh, oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's <hilarious>. apparently
1: not <laughs> a princess, not.
0: Sheila, I think I usually say yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no. really nice of you. <laughs> yeah. But it was a very exciting halftime show. It that, was. They, that was A+. Plus. a plus. Hey, Julie, back to the Manning family. I was surprised during the telecast
2: and even in the postgame, I didn't see Archie and Olivia. Did you? No, were I did not. I was my my Someone? good friends, my Your good, good friends. friends,
0: Archie and Olivia, I did not see them, nor my good friend Eli Manning. You know, I um, I don't know. I, I hope they were in some some booth out of the rain.
2: He was in that fantastic opening video that the NFL did, though, about why you play the game. I thought that was very emotional. For me, that was better than 99% of the commercials, where they had all of the family members talking about their player who was out on the
0: field and why, they, why he plays the game. I enjoyed that. That was good. All right, we need to talk about... Let's start with the worst commercials uh, during the Super Bowl Okay, game. The, worst. Ooh, the worst. This list. is a
2: tough competition. What do you say, Julie?
0: Okay, on my list, there's no question, the worst commercial that I saw has to be the GoDaddy.com. Yeah. I am never going to GoDaddy.com. <laughs> I don't want anyone I know to go to GoDaddy.com. Explain
4: the commercial, Jewel.
0: Sheila, it was inexplicable. Okay, all it was was they took some, some hottie girls from beer ads and put them in some internet commercial and Started okay. throwing water on them. And, oh, all know, right. I don't, it, it was. It made no sense, right? <laughs> no, no, I don't no think sense. it's supposed
2: to. It was really stupid. I noticed that the credit for that. Normally, they say who the agency is that produced the spot. The credit for that one was internal. Yeah, and that internal. didn't really surprise me. No, was <laughs> that the people in the marketing department, I'm not even going to say the name of the company because they don't deserve it. Yeah, no, that their so own people invented that spot. Did yeah, not do not go, in
0: the go to GoDaddy.com. But yeah, it was just a lot of girls in tight-fitting T-shirts. That's yeah. it. That, that they then sprayed at the end of the uh, commercial. All right. Well, for sheer stupidity,
2: I think it would be hard to top the awfulness of salesgenie.com. Did you (laughs) see that one?
1: What what I I loved about that.
2: So super high cringe factor. So Sheila, they have a guy. He's like driving in. He's, of course, driving a Ferrari. He's talking to some blonde who's like, hey, Bob, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Then he walks in the office and everyone's like, you're the man. You're the man. Hey, you want to play golf with me? Hey, you want to come over to my house (laughs) for dinner? Hey, you made $3 million last month. I thought it was a spoof. I thought this is loser sales guy. And now we're going to get the big punchline at the end. But no, the punchline is. There's no punchline. They actually thought people want to be that guy. Oh. they actually thought. So when you when you make a commercial that makes your target consumer look like a complete sleazeball, I think that's bad. I just, that's bad just, marketing. List. That, that is just me. I just think that that is really not the way to
0: go. It looks sort of like an infomercial. That you know, it was really key. Yeah. We okay. so don't go there either.
2: We do have some thoughts on the things that worked well for us. There were some of the spots I thought were really, really entertaining. If you have any thoughts, give us a call. 866-33-SISTER is our number. 866-337-4783. Also coming up, our satellite mister was on the field yesterday. So he's going to be calling in with a complete report. And we hope he has had time to dry out. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us.
0: I like these. Oh, nacho cheese. Old school. Fiery habanero? Yeah. Those are hot. Oh. Salsa verde.
1: Well, this is a
4: field day for our engineer, John Ramos. Loves football, loves commercials, loves spicy commercials. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Sheila Dolan, here with my sisters, Liz and Julie. So I want the rundown on all your favorite commercials, girls. Well, that was one of mine, the, the sexy Doritos spot. I thought that was really entertaining. What
0: did you think, Julie? That was great. I loved it. Made me laugh. I thought the girl who played the checkout just played it perfectly. Really, that's what you want. You want to have a lot of fun. Now, I, of course, I was a sucker for the stray dog and the Clydesdales. Did oh, you see yeah. that one? You and the rest of America.
4: I, I, I noticed mean, that
2: came out like near the top of the USA Today poll. And, and, and what you know, product what... was that
0: for? Okay. Budweiser. Oh, Clydesdale... <laughs> You know those Clydesdales. <laughs> How unique. <laughs> They have been trying for like 100 years to link those giant horses to their beer, Sheila. Thought, so. I thought it was for dog food. Okay. <laughs> and then I love the Talking Lions for Taco Bell. when They were doing the kind of Ricardo Montalban voice <laughs> about the new taquitos or how, you know, I can't even, the carne salsa or whatever you were supposed to be eating. Oh. Excellent. I'm, I'm a sucker for talking animals. Liz yeah. what it was? I know,
2: talking animals are always funny. The one where they uh well, there was a blockbuster ad. This was not my favorite, but I know we have. As long as you're talking talking animals, let's hear a little bit of this one. <coughs> <coughs> <coughs>
5: Uh, Ray, I don't know. Are you sure clicking this thing will get us online? <laughs>
3: well,
5: try dragging it.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> when they were using the mouse as a mouse, you got to admit, that was funny. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> but my favorite, maybe this is cheating a little bit, this is Liz. It came on during the pregame show. Apparently, these people cannot afford a spot during the actual game, which I respect that. Did you see, Julie, the combos ad? It's a snack food where... Well, let, let me play you some of the audio for that. Mom.
1: <laughs>
6: What's your problem? I think I have a fever. Come here. Ah, you're just hungry.
1: Here. Have some of these. They got pizza stuff in them.
2: (laughs) So 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 the mom. The mom is is like a guy, it looks like John Goodman in the bed, Sheila. Right. He's got like a wig on, so it's a guy playing the mom, and the, the kid is also a grown man. And the mom is giving the kid combos, but their slogan is what your mom would feed you if your mom were a man.
4: <laughs> That's, That's good very,
2: stuff. Very, very funny. I just very, thought very it was funny. very, very clever and funny. Did you see, Sheila, did you see
4: the Oprah Letterman bit? No, I didn't. I oh, didn't see perfect. that bit. I was uh, I was straightening up, getting ready for my party. Now, what, what was that at?
0: That was, well, Julie, do you want to describe it? Yeah, she, it was David Letterman and Oprah on a couch, smushed together. And um, it was just that they were watching that their teams were on TV. Oh, that's David a, Letterman. That's is funny. Colts, He's from Indiana. And she obviously is Chicago Bears team. Mm-hmm. And but, Oprah told David not to talk with his mouth full. That's he, very, very cute. It was very cute. It was very quick. It was a big surprise. So I like that. There was one where celebrities worked. Cheryl Crow, I don't know why. She made this ad for Revlon. It was supposed to be for a hair product that would last her the whole, you know, six weeks on tour. I, it just Cheryl didn't look good in the ad. The ad wasn't good. It was very confusing, and I, it just didn't work at all.
2: That so did not work. And they had her hairdress Her colorist allegedly was in the ad, Sheila, but he was like this caricature of a hairdresser. Oh dear. I, I don't think he's a real. I don't know. The whole thing. Well, Leon could have predicted that. Well, I know she doesn't like Cheryl Crowe, but we, we like, I Cheryl like Cheryl, Cheryl Crowe. Crow. Right. And I was so, rooting for Cheryl Crowe. Uh, no think, more <laughs> Revlon ads, Cheryl. All right, where the satellite sisters coming? wrote right up. Our satellite mister at large was on the field yesterday at the game. He is calling in right now.
1: Shaking cold, these hands are meant to hold. Speak to me, but all you gotta keep is strong. Move along, move along, and like I got you your to We need a sugar daddy, I'm the man. And if you need it, I'll a cause I got a whole stack. What? Roma VIP. What? Roma VIP. VIP. Better night! What? Fries! Thank you!
4: Okay, Fed, what are you doing? Oh, my God, this is just replaying the commercials is so exciting. That actually
0: was a funny commercial.
4: I feel like I'm at the game, and I never was. Sheila Dolan here with my satellite sisters, Liz and Julie, but we do have a satellite sister, Mr. At-Large, who was at the game. Right. Chris Congdon was on
2: the field yesterday. He refuses to tell us what he was doing there, but he promised he would call in today, our satellite Mr. At-Large. Chris, how soaked were you yesterday?
5: I've never been so wet in my life, really? and I think the theme of the Super Bowl should have been under the sea
1: <laughs> because,
5: you know, I, it was just crazy. The, the water, I was soaked. I mean, the water was running down my leg. I thought the Nile River was, you know, a part of me now. <laughs> to, filling my shoes, and then, you know, we were running back and forth across the field, you know, across the sidelines, uh-huh. and, you know, it's it was – you know, it, it was just Do oh,
4: You great. didn't have a do-rag on your head like Prince, Chris? You didn't uh, rig I something didn't,
5: up? I didn't see Prince because when he came on the field, I went undercover.
1: Oh, oh
4: Chris! You must have been like a drowned rat.
5: Yes, I was.
2: Did you have extreme weather gear with you at all? Because I know people go to Miami. You're not exactly packing for a typhoon. What were you wearing?
5: I was wearing a T-shirt and a pair of jeans. Oh.
0: Oh,
2: come
5: Chris. on, Chris. <laughs>
0: oh, Chris. You know, because it was interesting, Chris, watching the telecast, the, um, the the commentators actually didn't mention the rain very much. It was obviously raining because <laughs> yeah. the, camera, the cameras were all steaming up, but they didn't talk about it. But you could just, every time they sort of panned the um, stadium, you could see how totally drenched and people were. And it was were.
5: crazy. Like at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the front came through. And the, the temperature at the field dropped. I would, I'm no weatherman. It's, you could tell a considerable drop, and it's like, okay, my quirk temperature is now probably 89 degrees <laughs> and falling.
2: We know you're no weatherman if you wore jeans and a T-shirt to the game, Chris.
5: Well, I, was, I had to be, yeah, I had a poncho, but, you know, I didn't want to be wet, steamy, and wet. Okay. I just prefer uh-huh. to be cold and wet.
2: Cold and okay. wet, as opposed to uh, steamy and wet. Okay. Now, so what were the highlights when you're on the field? I gotta say, I found the Billy Joel national anthem on the underwhelming side. But what was it like if you were actually there?
5: It was the most. I mean, lump in the throat, water in the eyes. Really, water, get, running water
4: running down your
2: legs. <laughs> water running
5: down. I was crying so much, I was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, you know, the the tribute to the armed forces, and and they they had people in the stadium. Um, if they had someone in the military stand up and I was shocked, it was like over like three quarters of the folks in the, in the, in the stadium. Well, wow. that's
0: pretty intense. Wow,
4: that's yeah. Great. You know,
5: and, and then the blue angels flew over and my hair. You
0: changed. can't, I know you just love, I love those blue angels when they do that. Right. That's it's It's a little,
5: it's a little close though. Right. They were maybe a hundred feet off the roof of the stadium and, you know, it was like holy smokes. But I was, I was looking at the monitor, the cockpit monitor that they had up on this on this big screen, and I was like, oh, those it must be the Blue Angels. And then I turned my head to the left, and then I turned my head back, and they were. Whoosh. Wow. So I blinked, and I saw them leaving. I didn't see them approaching. <laughs>
2: all right. So do you you didn't get close to Prince at all. Did you get close to uh, Peyton Manning? Uh,
5: you could say that. I was Ooh. probably about ten feet away from him. Wow,
2: right. right. that's Good exciting. He, but... In the
5: locker room. Really? Mm hmm.
2: Okay, so what, describe the locker room scene to us, Chris. You're holding back. See, you're in the locker room with the Super Bowl winning team and the MVP of the Super Bowl. Is it was that, crazy, is that you know,
5: By the time I got there, um, pretty much, I'd say, all the, mo- uh, about three quarters of the guys had already dressed and left. Uh huh. Um, but, so they were—they
0: yeah. weren't like throwing champagne at each other. I mean, they were already soaking wet. I oh, guess that—that
5: yeah. w- <laughs> that wasn't. I, I think that, I think I missed the champagne part of it. And everybody was just like going to get out of their cold, wet clothes and get into something dry and, you know, get onto the celebrations.
2: But Peyton was around. Was he psyched? Does he seem like as nice a guy in person as he seems on TV?
5: Yeah. You know, I mean, he was surrounded by by media. I mean, I was I was off to one side, and he was like, you know, probably twenty, thirty. Guys around him, you know, all asking him questions and stuff.
2: Wow, that sounds. But cool. oh, that all sounds he really great. wanted to
4: do was talk to you, Chris. He just couldn't get to you.
5: Ah, uh, yeah, right.
4: <laughs>
2: what else would be your most memorable moments of the actual game? Anything else?
5: Well, I tell you, that first run um, of the of the of the Bears it was breathtaking. When Hester
2: ran the kickoff back for a touchdown.
5: Yeah, I was. I was. I was at the at the at the goal line.
2: Oh.
5: And he, like, he was on the other side of the field for me, but I was I was on the Colts side, and he ran it down the Bears side. And it was like, oh, my God, oh, that's incredible. You know, and the stadium just went wild. I know. That is a dramatic way to start a game. With electricity. And, and you know, I, I was pulling for the Bears, but, you know, they –
2: Oh, you are? That oh. was tough. Sorry, mm. Chris. Oh, well. Wow. Too bad it. for that. All right. Well, Chris, we can tell you're a party guy, so let's move on from the game. Uh, parties around Miami leading up to the game. We spoke to you on Friday's show, and you were going off to an ESPN party, right? How, how was that?
5: The ESPN next big block party was in the Miami Fashion District. Uh-huh. Um, the featured artist was LL Cool J.
2: I love LL Cool I J. I do, too. Was he um, great?
5: He was great. The The they it's in this new area that they're kind of revitalizing so it's very like lofty and the the, the party I went to was the VIP area and it was in this um building that they've brought back to life and there's a Cadillac in the lobby and there were dancer girls on blocks and my favorite part of the whole party
1: yeah.
2: was
5: the robo bartender
1: <laughs> what
5: is a robo is bartender that? robo bartender is this mechanical thing you it's got a, <laughs> it's got a, a monitor screen of a face you can pick either a male or female bartender uh-huh. and you push a button and tell it what you want and it just goes and makes it and out the drink pops. You Is it like a big
0: ro- robo, like you, you, like they use on assembly lines in cars? I mean, does exactly. it have claws Do you
4: have to tip it?
2: No. Maybe <laughs> give
5: it a little oil, but no tipping.
0: Wow. All
2: right. Were there any good celebrities at the ESPN parties? You're in the VIP area, Chris. You're, you're working it, man. Who'd you we're see? He's on the field. He's in the locker room. I know. Peyton Manning. Okay. You must have seen someone good around town. Who'd you see, Chris?
5: Well, um, Billy Joel was awesome at the game. Let's see. Around town... Um, well, you know, Tom and Katie were in South Beach. Their oh, space, their spaceship beamed them down.
4: <laughs> really?
5: <laughs> Tom yeah. and Katie were there. I didn't realize that. So,
2: who were they hanging out with?
5: Um, they were at that Mark Anthony. Oh, oh
2: that Mark Anthony oh, guy. At Ocean that,
5: Drive. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, Mark
2: Anthony. And oh, did J-Lo they have party. their own party? Mark Anthony and J Lo.
5: Um, he performed. Oh. And then other other stars who were down here um, were. Uh, now this one's going to be big, you guys.
4: Okay, we're ready.
5: Joey Fatone.
4: Oh, Joey. <laughs> uh, wow.
5: Matt, Matt Leinart, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh. Marley oh. Matlin. Um, oh. Well, no, I heard we're
4: Matt Leinart and Scarlett Johansson together. I heard a rumor, Chris, that Scarlett Johansson was with, got together with Mark Wahlberg. Really? Did you hear anything about that?
5: <laughs> I did not. Could you
4: check into that for us?
5: I'll do some research. <laughs> also, Stacey Keebler, you know, from Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, good. So I'm sure she was dancing in South Beach. You know, and Gloria Estefan, um, <gasps> opened our, up, one of our favorites. Yeah, she opened up the um, the festivities at the Super Bowl, basically welcome everybody. You know, she's kind of the official slash unofficial ambassador. Yeah, for, for Miami. I mean, she's so,
2: she's so Miami. Yeah, she's oh, the, she, they should they should her.
0: elect her mayor of Miami. That's what I think. I think so too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Chris, what will be what will be like your biggest lasting memory of this whole week week of festiv- football festivities? Because you're not really a football guy, right? I'm
5: getting there. Okay, all right. I mean, I was, I was, I was screaming like a real fan at the uh, when the when the Bears were making that run. I was. You know, okay. But, um, you know, I think the takeaway was that just the football players are, you know, uh, they're they're cool, normal guys.
0: Right.
4: You know? they yeah.
5: Just, they just have a great to Office from us.
0: Only they're three hundred pounds. Right. Right. Six <laughs> That's the other thing that
5: surprised me. I expected them all to like tower over me. I mean, I'm six foot, and I thought these guys were like gigantor. Yeah. But um. You know, like, Grossman is maybe about my height.
0: Maybe that's his problem. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, he'd be (laughs) a little taller, and he wouldn't throw so many interceptions. (laughs) All right, Chris, thank you so much for checking
2: in. Chris has been our satellite mister at large at Super Bowl XLI, Super Bowl 41. If you'd like to volunteer to be our Satellite Sister at Large at any big event happening in your town, just go to SatelliteSisters.com and send us an email. Stay with us a little bit more on our Super Bowl wrap-up. We're the Satellite Sisters.
6: take care of business the way others do. It's called Connectile Dysfunction.
1: That's cute.
4: (laughs) Cute, cute, cute. (laughs) cute. Pretty funny funny, funny funny. stuff. I wish I'd seen that. Sheila Dolan here with my sisters Liz and Julie. We are the Satellite Sisters post-Super Bowl week. You know, it's just all about weekend. The com- it's all weekend. All about the commercials, Liz. Apparently.
2: Well, this was just one last one we wanted to play. This was a Sprint commercial for their broadband cards, and I don't know about anybody else, but I thought this one was funny. They made a joke about connectile dysfunction, which, in the context of watching a sporting event, you see so many ads for the, that other condition. Yeah, which is
0: one of my least favorite ads during the Super Bowl, Liz. Those would be the Flomax ads. I'm not talking about... I don't want to describe what it is. We know what I it know. is. But it's Well,
2: just, and then there's all the Cialis and all of
0: that. Those people too. in the bathtubs. I with just, that
4: bathtub, the, the bathtubs come out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. the bathtubs are on a beach. How did that happen? Side-by-side <laughs> bathtubs. I don't know how far
2: you're going to get with that. Yeah, but the uh, time
4: was right, apparently. They were in the bathtubs. Um, <laughs>
2: but anyway, so Sprint made fun. Of that on the Super Bowl yesterday and kind of spoofed all of those ads with their connectile dysfunction. And they have this like sad guy looking at like he just can't get connected to the internet. And I just That's thought, good. That's good stuff. I thought it was clever. Did you see that one, Julie? I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> all right. All right. Now we're moving on to something else that was on TV yesterday that you may or may not have caught, but we did recommend it at the end of last week. So after the Super Bowl was over, Hi, this is Liz, I turned to Animal Planet so I could catch the replay, the super exciting rebroadcast of Puppy Bowl 3. (laughs) What a cute idea. Now, now Liz,
4: did you watch it with your puppy, Ferris? I did, yes. And
2: the, uh, though I'm not sure he really can see what's happening on the TV, Sheila. He did respond to the barking and yelping. I'm sure he did. He's getting the audio, but not the video. But in Puppy Bowl 3, what they do is basically it's just a little area that they create this set to make it look like a stadium, and they have fake people kind of looking in on the set, and they just put a bunch of puppies there. And That's the, a
0: winning television idea.
2: It is. It is. And the puppies just kind of run around, and but they have audio, Julie, from a real football game. So every time a puppy, like, crosses into the end zone on one end of the set or the other, you hear, ah! The cheering of the crowd, or occasionally there will be a penalty called. And please, man- how long did you watch oh, no, my the goodness. puppy, puppy ball? I I saw it for like she saw the pre-game game show. Seconds. She saw
4: the puppy ball. She saw the show. Post game
2: analysis, Liz. Totally mesmerizing. Yeah. It was on for three hours. I was sorry I didn't tune in early enough to get the whole three oh, hours, Liz. But it was uh, it was very funny. At one point, they call a penalty, and a guy comes intentional grounding. He has to pick up a little poop. One of the puppies. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just, just <laughs> stuff like that, just puppy jokes. If you're into puppy jokes, or if you just, you know what it was, it was a nice antidote to the the violence of the game. You know, they I just felt like they were hitting each other really hard on the field. Yesterday. they were
0: really going for it. Yeah. There were a number of inju- injuries, and right. and the tackling was so hard, mainly because they were trying to create fumbles. Yeah,
2: yeah, and you can hear that, and that's what football is about. So I'm fine with that. I'm totally into that. But this was like the opposite of that. This was puppies tumbling <laughs> over each other. So it helped bring me down from the football game. So I thought that was good. But there was other big, big breaking dog news yesterday. The cover of the New York Times Magazine on Sunday. The story you see this here, Sheila, is designer dog fights. Was right. <laughs> I've
4: heard about this, Liz. These are all the just sort of mixed breeds.
2: I mean, oh, my they? goodness. You can't call them a mixed breed because they're designer dogs, Sheila. They're calling them Hybrids. Oh, it's it's all about... It's all about the... Well, fight. I don't
4: know
0: what this is. What, what are these hybrid mixed breed mutts? It's the fighting in the dog world,
2: Julie, between the purebreds that the American Kennel Club says are like real dogs, real breeds, like your Labradors, your Cocker Spaniels, your Beagles, your Pugs, and then these hybrids, which would be uh, your Puggles, your Labradoodles, your Boggles, your what? Multipoodles. Wait a minute. What's a Puggle? Liz? <laughs> What's a Puggle? It's a, a cross between a Pug and a Beagle. Oh, of course. <laughs> well, just the pug apparently seems to be a big part of almost every one of these hybrids. Let me read you just some of these names of dogs that exist now in the hybrid world. So, this is a quote from the story Pugs alone are now being bred to Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzu's, Bichon Frise's, Pekingese, Rat Terriers, Boston Terriers, Dachshunds, Jack Russell Terriers, and Chihuahuas to create, respectively, Pug Shears, Pug Zoos, Pouchons, Puganese. <laughs> Puggets, Pugstons, Dogs, D-A-U-G-S,
0: Jugs, and Chugs. <laughs> wow. I'd like a jug. That's right. I would you like but a, like, was that a jug what, or a chug? Is it, are they breeding? What is it about the pug that, that you know, is the common denominator? Or is it just that they want to create a cute name?
4: Well, I don't want to say anything about pug owners, but basically pugs are really hard to take as dogs, separate, alone. I think the breeding with other, other breeds would be good. Well, because
2: she- Sheila, now you're getting to the existential element of the story <laughs> and this is where the story actually got once you got over well first let me finish with a little bit of a quiz uh do
0: you know what a schnoodle is <laughs> that would be a schnauzer and a poodle is, uh, of course would, that would be correct a bagel
4: a, a beagle a beagle and a, um a bagel
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a beagle and a basset hound sheila oh, oh Well, that's a funny that sounds like that would be a funny
0: looking dog yeah how about a peagle That would be a beagle and a a poodle? No, a Pekingese and a beagle. Oh. Uh, And then you can get your pocket
2: puggle. Oh, my (laughs) god! if a regular puggle is too big for you. And what is a puggle? A puggle is a pug and a beagle. Oh. Which is apparently very popular. But if you want a smaller version of that, then you get into your pocket puggles. And that's where some people feel like you're getting into trouble because they have an expert. This is the existential question. And one of the experts in the story says... The dogness of dogs has become problematic, Ooh. right? So we're not talking about the dogness of dogs.
0: I don't uh, get that, Liz. What does that mean?
2: Here, the, the quote continues. We want an animal that is, in some respects, not really an animal. You don't have to take it out. It doesn't shed. It doesn't bark. It doesn't do stuff. Oh. So people oh. are, like, training their animals to just be, like, accessories. And so, they, and there are all these details in the story about animal, like dogs using a litter box. That's just wrong, people. That is
0: not That litter, is really... Litter, yeah, litter boxes to begin with. They're probably wrong. But yes, and no, that's not what dogs need to do. Exactly. Don't you think that violates the dogness of dogs? Julie? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on to it now. There are
2: also some of these hybrids. The problem is that they do not really adhere to any quote standards of the breed. So you end up with some of these mixes. They may be pet quality as opposed to show quality, like a pet puggle. Well it would be, be perfectly cute, yeah. but you can't put it in a show. And I was thinking of your dog, Julie. You had a lab who was sort of pet quality but not show <laughs> quality, right?
0: You mean my, our black lab? Yes, yes. yes. Well he was um, he was bred to, you know, to show but he just, got, he just couldn't handle the pressure of the ring. He was he was washed up. He was a washed up show dog. Yeah. So he made an outstanding pet. Yeah. So that is
2: good. So I, I like your pet quality dogs. But the dogness of the dog is being challenged. And I just thought that was an issue I should raise. Okay. We're the Satellite Sisters. If you want to get in touch with us, our number is 866-33-SISTER. Or just go to SatelliteSisters.com and send us an email. News, talk, and laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time.
4: Webcam doing the Beyonce. I appreciate that, Julie. I'm there for you, Sheila. You know I can do it. I don't like to do it alone. You know, Leanne's not here. Liz, it's okay. You don't have to do the Beyonce. It would be nice (laughs) if you did the Beyonce. It
2: would be a nice way to start the show from time to time, Liz. It's not really my thing, but, you know, plus, once you see the chicks in boots with Prince yesterday at the Super Bowl, it makes you feel a little bit inadequate. You're right,
4: Liz. It does, but it didn't stop me. We are the Satellite Sisters, of course. I'm Sheila Dolan here with my sisters, Liz and Julie. Hey, we have a great. Show on the Cozy Couch with Sheila today. The Trivial Monday News of the Day. You know, it's important to sit back and relax. Relax. Um, Okay. At all times. In my case. Also, the fat. (laughs) free Truth Today with Liz Neprin. Right. Liz is our fitness expert. She's with us every
2: Monday. She's the author of the book, The Fat-Free Truth, and she gives us the straight scoop. So today we're talking about the connection between waist size and diabetes risk. Mm She's going to explain that because we were curious about what the connection is there. But if you ever have a question that you want tackled on the fat-free truth, just go to SatelliteSisters.com and email us from there.
4: Also, we're going to be taking your calls later on in the hour with Bob Rossner. He's a best-selling author and syndicated columnist, Liars at Work. Oh, yeah.
0: Have you have ever, you ever <laughs> have you ever taught,
4: told a lie at work, <laughs> Sheila? Some little white lies uh, with my sisters, but you always know when I'm lying. So yeah, we is do. that is it really a lie if somebody knows you're lying? If <laughs> uh, a tree falls in the forest? Yeah. Anyway, but have you ever caught someone in a lie at work? Have you ever done it, or are you lying at work right now, 866-33-SISTER, later on? Well,
2: you know, I, because he writes the column com at abcnews.com. So he did a column on this at the end of last year, Sheila, and he said he got more email about liars at work than any other subject the whole year. So that's why I want to find out from him. What is it that people are lying about? And what does he think you can do if you're working with a liar? Very so, interesting. Yeah, it should be it should be fascinating.
4: But first, Julie, where in the world is Julie <laughs> Dolan? I need to get caught up on the little game. Okay. The game of the moving Julie. Now, I know. Where are you and what is happening?
0: Okay, take your push pin and put me back in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, because that's where I am today. But I was in Dallas, Texas for the weekend. And I have to tell you, I am lucky to be here in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Really? Well, I, well, here's because I witnessed something so outrageous at the airport security yesterday as I was leaving Dallas that I almost had to intercede between a passenger and a TSA officer. Really? I, it what was, was it? so bad. Okay, here was the situation. I'm Sunday morning, checking in. Um, going through security, and there was a group of soldiers also going through security at the same time I was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, as, as I customarily do, when I see a soldier in the airport, I always like to strike up a conversation and say thank you very much for your service. We, I really appreciate it. And so I that's was so
2: Julie of you. That is well, it is. Nice. I mean, I am. No, that's th- a very nice thing. To it's do. a
0: very nice thing to do. I was standing behind a female soldier, okay, and we are in the same security line, and I and I thanked her for her service. But I happened to notice that she was carrying a bottle of water. Now uh-huh. they're, she's they're they're in their army fatigues, okay, and she's carrying a bottle of water, and she's just about to go, you know, to start, you know you know, with the bins and going through the x-ray machines. And I said to her, you know, they're not going to let you take that water through the security line. You might want to drink it, you know, drink, drink your water. And um, because I had asked her, are you, you know, are you going to uh, where you are you going or coming? And she said they were just returning from Iraq. Okay, Mm -hmm. so she's just returned from Iraq. She's standing in the security line at the Dallas airport Mm -hmm. and she's got a bottle of water. And I thought perhaps because she's been busy defending our freedom in Iraq that she might not know that you can't go through the line with a bottle of water. And, in fact, she didn't know that. So the first thing that happened, there was, you know, they got all worked up about her bottle of water. But she was a good soldier, just turned over her water. I thought... She might be thirsty. She's probably been on a plane for a really long time. Yeah,
2: that's for sure.
0: Then she has to go through the security line, as do all the soldiers. And that is a lot because, you know, the Army fatigues, there are about 47 pockets in those Army fatigues. So she's taking out her dog tags, and she's got keys, and she's got all – every pocket had something in it, you know, and she's emptying all of that. And then Sheila, they have Army boots on. It's not like slip-on loafers or sneakers – I mean, there are a lot of laces on those army boots. So she undoes all her laces. She puts her backpack through the security, and she starts to go through the x-ray machine. Right. And they start barking at her again because she has failed to bring her ID and her boarding pass through the x-ray machine. Now, who's barking at her? The The TSA officer. The TSA officer is like, oh, no, you can't come through here. Where's your boarding pass? Where's your ID? I'm standing there, okay, just, just witnessing all of this. Taking off my own shoes, you know, doing my putting my laptop in, but I thought she's in an army uniform. Isn't that good enough? For, right, for, right for the ID. And you know, it's very confusing because not every every airport does does it right. the same way. Sometimes you have to keep your boarding pass with you when you go through the X ray machine. Sometimes you don't. I have noticed that too, Julie. It's very confusing. So of course that created a giant commotion because then they had to take all of her stuff. Well, you know, her dog tags, her backpack, her army boots, bring it all back. They had to give her her boarding pass and her ID and let her pass through x-ray, okay? And I just, I'm surprised that soldiers don't have a separate security line to go through, or it's just, again, she has been in Iraq (laughs) fighting terrorists, okay? Okay. I, I don't know why she has to have her boarding pass going through the x-ray, yeah. but I have said nothing because, you know, you just have to be, you know, you have yeah. to respect the system, you know, and I do respect the system, but this was
7: testing me uh, today. but Are you a Super Bowl watcher? I am not, but and also I'm not a nutrition priest either, so you don't have to confess anything to me. <laughs> you can just keep it to yourself if you want.
2: Okay, that's what we're going to do. Yay, Liz said we could keep it to ourselves. So much for the fat-free truth. You
7: have to have days where you just. Celebrate. I mean, as long as it's not every day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, I guess that's
2: celebration. The Celebration. <laughs> All right. Here is today's question for the Fat-Free Truth. Uh, I've heard that my waist size, Liz, is, is related to my <laughs> risk of getting
7: diabetes. And I wonder, is that true? And why would that be true if it is true? Indeed, it is true, and particularly it is true for men. And, in fact, your waist size is a better correlation of your risk of diabetes than just about anything else. Really? So, um, for instance, um, experts used to think that BMI, uh, body mass index, was the best indicator. But waist size, particularly for men, again, is a much stronger indicator. And men who have um, waist sizes over 40 have just an, just an astronomical risk of, of uh, developing type 2 diabetes, and the reason for that is the fat you store around your middle is in fact different than the fat you might store in your, in your rear or your legs or your arms or mm-hmm. anywhere else.
2: Yeah. You know, I saw Dr. Oz holding up the omentum on Oprah one day. Is that what you're talking about? Right. Um, is that legal? Can he do that? <laughs> what is the omentum? That's the belly fat. Ooh. He had, like, you know how he always has, like, the real stuff? I know, samples. Which I think is very <laughs>
7: powerful. Samples, exactly. But that's what you're talking about, right? That that kind exactly. of Exactly. And it, it's the stuff that, that it just... It weaves in and out of your organs, and it affects the way they work. It gets into your bloodstream. So that's the the belly fat is the bad fat. And you'll see, uh, uh, for instance, a man or even sometimes women who have that particular shape, that roundest shape that's where there might be thin everywhere else, but they have a big belly. Yeah. That person is what we call apple-shaped and has an increased risk for type 2 diabetes. So if you do have a tendency to have that shape, you really uh, in particular want to think about Really managing mm. your weight with exercise and diet. Apple.
4: And would there be? I think I'm more of a tangerine. <laughs> yeah, it's there, but it's it's, it's compact. It's
1: tight. So it's there, but with cellulite is what you're saying.
4: <laughs> would there be different kind of
2: exercises you would do to get rid of dangerous belly fat than you would to get rid of other kinds of
7: exercise? To other kinds of fat. I, I know what you're saying, but unfortunately, you cannot spot reduce it. So it, it's really just losing it overall. The good news is although you can't sort of selectively zap fat off a particular area, if you do have a tendency to gain in one spot, you are going to lose at least some of that weight from the spot that you where you have those tendencies, uh-huh. particularly those people because that's where they're storing their fat. So that's where it needs to come off, and that's where they're going to uh, lose quite a bit of the fat.
0: Liz, this is Julie. Is there a certain type of diet that might um, that might be better for people who have this kind of tendency?
7: You know, also an excellent question, and, I would say in about five years, perhaps 10 years, I'm going to be able to answer that question exactly. (laughs) um, Because I really believe that that 10 years down the road, uh, we will be able to do like a genetic profiling and be able to give a specific answer for which foods will work best for you in terms of of your risk of, of a. Of disease, Right now there are many companies that claim to be able to do that, but they're only looking at like six or ten genes. You really need to look at like 20 or 30,000 genes to determine that, but I really believe we're getting closer to being able to do that.
2: Okay. All right. So we just have to keep ourselves alive for yeah, 10, years. Calorie, <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, lower calorie, lower fat. 10 years, sister. and then Keep we'll up know. drinking the green tea and oatmeal, Liz. You're doing well. Thank yeah. you, Sheila. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready for my physical on the 15th of March. So, okay, quickly, Liz, we got an yeah. email from Tara in Yonkers, New York. She writes, I would like to know why a person, why when a person loses a lot of weight, it comes back on twice as fast. I lost about 160 pounds. Wow, good for her. Amazing, Tara. Congratulations. But I noticed that when I eat, it takes less calories for me to lose weight now than a person who hasn't lost any weight at all. I'm dying to know why this happens.
7: Okay, I'm just trying to tease out. There seems like there's a couple questions in there and maybe I can just answer one very quickly. When you lose weight and then you go to try and lose more weight, mm-hmm. indeed it is harder because when you lose weight, your, your metabolism supports the weight you have. So when you lose weight, your metabolism does slow down because it isn't supporting as much weight, if that makes sense. I see. So you, when you get to a certain point, that's why would people talk about hitting plateaus, Oh yeah. She, she may have to, what I would recommend is probably not eating less we're probably doing more exercise and maybe even throwing in one or two higher intensity days to really get that metabolism revved up at least temporarily. So I think that's the question she's asking. Yeah. She's asking if you lose, why do when you lose, then then you you lose and gain and lose and gain. Why is it easier to uh, gain the weight back? There isn't a real clear answer for that, and in fact, science says that isn't true. But I think most di- dieters know that it is true. That is true. And I don't think we've just found the answer for it yet, to be quite honest.
2: Yeah, she said she's dying to know why this happens, because even eating the same amount of food, she's starting to gain back some weight. So you're saying up the exercise, because there's only
7: a certain amount you can restrict your calories and be healthy, right, Liz? I, I think so, and, and particularly if you've lost 160 pounds. I mean, what she might want to do is restrict for, like, a couple days, like, maybe pull off 100 calories, just to sort of shock her body into losing again, but I actually think she's going to have better luck by increasing her activity. Okay, Tara, I
2: hope that was helpful, and congratulations, 160 pounds, good for Mm -hmm. you. If you have a question for Liz Nuprint, it's very easy to send it along. Just go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com, and click on the link to email us. Liz is a fitness expert who's with us every week, and she's the author of the book, The Fat-Free Truth. Thanks, Liz. Okay, coming right up, we're talking to Bob Rosner about liars at work. Have you ever met one? We think you might have our number's 866-33 sister 866-337-4783 oh,
1: oh, oh. faith.
4: Welcome to our lives. We're the Satellite Sisters. And yes, I did steal the Chocolate Cherry Cliff Bar. From Janine's drawer this weekend. <laughs> and I just want to get that off my chest. Okay. okay thank and you, I, Sheila. Okay. I will tell her in person, but I'm telling you now. All right. All right. All right. Had you lied
2: to her about it, or you just hadn't even gotten around to mention it? Not,
4: not. Okay. It's, it's, the lo- omission, Liz. It's just all about the omission with me. Oh, is that the same thing? Well, we're going to ask our next guest, Bob Rosner. We have the satellite sister, Sheila Dolan here, with my sisters, Liz and Julie. And we are going to be taking your calls. Have you ever caught someone at work lying, or have you done it yourself? Are you lying right now, Liz? (laughs) No, I am not.
2: I am speaking the truth. When I say Bob Rosner is with us, he's a best-selling author and a syndicated columnist. His Working Wounded column appears all over the country, and his Working Wounded blog uh, appears exclusively at abcnews.com. Bob, I love your column. We love your books. It's a pleasure to have you back at Satellite Sisters.
6: It's it's a beautiful thing all around. Back at you.
2: (laughs) And we just know you are telling us the truth when you say that. But one of the columns you wrote at the end of last year was about liars at work. And it really made me think a lot, Bob, because when you're kids, you kind of know how to deal with liars. You just yell, liar, liar, pants on fire, and the problem is sort of settled, right? But in, as grownups in a workplace, it's a little more complicated. Were you surprised at how much reaction you got to that column about liars at work?
6: Yeah, I got a ton of mail. might have been the most of all of those six. And um, it was um, the the thing that was most interesting was we did two polls. Uh, I did one poll where I asked, um, how often do you lie at work?
1: Oh.
2: And
6: 53% said they never lie, 53%. Oh, that's <laughs> a lie.
0: That is, that is such a lie. But <laughs> then I asked
6: <laughs> the classic uh, researcher trick, how truthful are the people where you work? Mm-hmm. And uh, 60% said I trust them as far as I can throw them So really? it's always interesting that 53% of us Almost 60% claim we don't lie But 60% yeah. claim that everyone else is lying <laughs> So it's a, it's, a, it's a fairly messy environment out there
2: So as people pour out their hearts to you, Bob At Working Wounded do you, uh, do you know, what do people actually lie about? I mean, there's quite a range There's the silly white lie And then there's some serious stuff So where's the serious lying happening?
6: Oh, the serious lying is happening, Uh, pardon me for bringing up a non-workplace example, the 21,500 troops, the the infamous surge number. Uh Uh, It's just recently come out that for every one active battle troop you have, you have to have support troops. So there's a 15,000 to 28,000 extra troops that are going to be required that weren't included in that number. So whether you call it incomplete disclosure or Uh blatant misrepresentation, um, we've got a problem everywhere. Government is doing it. Business is doing it. So it's happening all the time. So that's what, what
2: Sheila was calling the omission, the sin of omission there, right?
6: Yes. Okay. But, and, and so my, I'm, I'm writing a blog about that particularly right now, and my reference is that I wish we could get to a point and forget spin and start pulling off the Band-Aid fast. Really? You know what I mean? Like deal with the pain, as opposed to having the one day with the twenty.
2: And uh, we're we're actually firing a lot of people, but we're going to call it downsizing. We or are, or, be, or better, <laughs> or better yet, right sizing.
6: Well, da- yes, Dilbert had a great uh, comment about that, and he had the biggest lies at work. And my favorite of the biggest lies was, "You'll make m- more money under the new plan."
1: Oh, right. oh yes. And,
6: and, and so one of the things that we're constantly doing, like. Every time I go out to give a speech, I always interview the company execs and then I interview the employees. And what I always hear is, well, we don't really trust management. And, and the management says, well, we don't really trust the employees. And they wonder how it got that bad. And then you start seeing all this parsing, lying, partial disclosures. And you just, we're, we're, if we were trying to create a laboratory to make the most cynical employee, we've, we've achieved nirvana.
0: Really? really? I mean, you think we're, you think employees are more cynical now than maybe they've been in the past, or there's more lying going on now than in the past?
6: I, I don't know that there's more uh, lying, but I think with 24-hour cable networks, et cetera, we're, we're seeing more of the lies exposed. For example, the whole story of backdating stock options, oh, right. which has gotten so much press in so many companies. I think that there's so many people out there searching for actual news stories, and enough stuff is getting unearthed. That, that the, people are just beyond shrugging their shoulders. They just expect to be lied to, and so I I do think we're we're at a particularly cynical moment, and then I think it's really important for individual employees to just dig their feet in and say I'm going to tell the truth.
0: But, but I mean, can't you hear an employee say, "Well, you know, I I should protect myself if everyone else is protecting themselves, right?"
6: Oh, it makes total sense. But but you know, what what was the great Nietzsche line when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back. <laughs> Um, I, I think that there's a point at which the thing that I continually get from people is great stories. A, a woman wrote to me, and she said that her boss asked her to lie to a customer. And she really didn't want really? to do it. And she didn't, it was a, like a direct, when this person calls, tell them this. Wow. And so the woman smiled at the boss and said, I have no problem doing that for you. But let me just warn you, if I lie to this person, how will you ever know I'm telling you the truth?
2: Well, and that's bo- an excellent response, wouldn't you say? Oh, the boss backed down.
6: The boss yeah. said, well, I'll go ask somebody else. And yeah. so there there are ways that I think you can establish your credibility and, and establish a truthfulness um, that, that isn't going to necessarily get you fired, but it's just going to say, I can do that, but there's a cost to that.
2: All right. We're talking to Bob Rossner. He writes the syndicated column, Working Wounded and the Working Wounded blog at abcnews.com wow bob i was thinking much more about the the one-on-one line that goes in the workplace it's like when your coworker says hey did you make that call for me yet you know i and you're like oh uh, yeah i left a message they haven't gotten back to me i was like way down at that level when i read your column or the sort of the fudging the facts about why you need a particular day off so that to me was where most of the core line was happening
6: well there's there's a uh part of what i did in the column was i talked about how to spot a liar so so to actually talk to an employee who um, wants to know if someone's telling them the truth, some of the strategies in the column, ask direct questions. Um, one of the things that we leap over is the, are you telling me the truth? Mm-hmm. You so know, just,
2: you, you recommend people actually say that? That's an awfully yes. confrontational thing to say to a coworker or to well, say to I your boss? It could, it
0: could be very insulting,
6: Bob. Yeah. But you can also phrase it in a, in a way, look, this is a really important customer and they felt burst and burned in the past. Are, is there anything here that I need to know? Because if we burn them again, they're gonna they're gonna leave. There's, there's ways. You know, I'm not I'm not saying put your face right in their face and say you're a liar. But I'm saying you can position it so that the truth um, has value and lying has consequences.
4: Well, Liz, you do that to me all the time when I lie on the air. I just I... make things up. You go, really. <laughs> That is Liz, Liz Dolan's line. That and then I lie again. I say yes. That is the truth, <laughs> don't I, Liz?
6: <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, well, I'm. Is there a therapist among the sisters? No. no. Would you like oh. to be our therapist, Bob That's, Rosker? Uh, if you're looking to a guy from New Jersey to be a therapist in your sorority, I think you're making a horrible, horrible mistake. <laughs> but but let me go back to the other one is silence, which is a great one. Um, you know, and just oftentimes somebody who is lying will overcompensate and and what we in the west tend to be very uncomfortable with is just having silence and many times people have dug their own holes uh, because they don't know how to deal with science they want to try to fill it in
2: oh you know that's true i I read that in your column bob where you people posted like their own ways of dealing with this because you had some suggestions yeah and somebody posted this when trying to detect a liar I act absent-minded and pause with unfinished sentences. The liar tends to fill in these spaces, and that's how I catch them. So that's part of the so- silent is golden. There.
6: Yeah, my favorite though response of all of them was to successfully uncover the lies of someone. You must first how to know. I'm sorry. You must know how to lie yourself. <laughs> oh really? Me up. <laughs> it made me. I read that. And it got very cynical about it. But this woman is saying, you know, that if you're if you live totally in the land of the truth, you'll never spot a liar. And you've got to lie to be able to spot liars. I'm not endorsing that strategy, but I thought it was an interesting comment. But back to your the basic notion of this thing is I think that. Um, I think that truthfulness is hard and it it's, uh, requires a lot of work and it has some level of risk. But back to the old criminal thing, you know, anytime you've, you've had criminals who've escaped and been on the run for a long time, they say you're always kind of looking all over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem of committing to a lying lifestyle is you're always kind of half thinking that you might get caught. Because I didn't realize it was a lifestyle choice. It's a, it's a whole <laughs> lifestyle choice, Bob. Oh, it's totally a lifestyle. Well, Bob, joke. do you and ever think of... look at a corporation that lied to you and say, "Well, I'm gonna, I don't owe them anything back," but it's not a corporation; it's the people you work with, mm-hmm. and that's why I don't know. I'm just, I just want to say to people, it sounds simplistic, but the truth is less pain in the long run.
2: Julie, it's, you it's worked a, in academia for a long time. What kind of behavior did you...
0: You see, lying it's not behavior. not lying. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's not... I, I don't know if they would call it lying. It's a lot of misdirection or that, you know, it is the spin that you were talking about, Bob, you know, or it's... Not completely sharing all of the information, you know. And I Julie,
4: mean, do people lie on their academic resumes? You know, what's.
0: Oh, well, I think I think schools are getting better at, at you know, looking at documents and credentials and being able to spot lies or to spot exaggerations. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not only in schools, but employers see this all the time. I'm sure you do know that, Bob, about.
6: Resumes that have been enhanced. I want to share this because I think this is really interesting. Uh, A consumer recently sued Kraft Food over its guacamole dip. And what happened is if you read the label, the dip says that it contains 2% avocado. Uh That's so not much. was suing them because she said the dip just didn't taste avocadoy enough. <laughs> but I think that that's a really interesting metaphor, that it contains less than 2%, and it's on the label. Yeah. A lot of the lying now, people don't even feel that they need to work very hard to lie. It's like right out there, it's easy to spot, back to the resume and the lying on the class that you took. And, and the thing that's weird for me is that the clarity of our problem is, is that most people don't work very hard to lie anymore. What do you mean? Kraft has it right on the label that, that this uh. is we're calling it avocado dip, but it has less than two percent avocado. People are throwing stuff on their resumes. I, I think the truthfulness bar has sunk so low that people it's not even hard to spot a liar anymore.
2: Okay, wow. This is really it's kind of this depressing. Is, it's depressing. It's <laughs> depressing, but it's big, Bob. It's just, that makes me sad. We've been working on civility here at Satellite Sisters, that if we could just try to be kinder and stronger with each other, that that would be good. But honesty is like a whole other project we're going to have to get on. This 2007 is going to be a
0: rough year. <laughs> We've got to be truthful, too.
2: Bob Roster, thank you so much for being with us on Satellite Sisters. His column, Working Wounded, is syndicated internationally, and you can also find them at abcnews.com.
4: On a Monday, we are the Satellite Sisters. Sheila Dolan here with my sisters Liz and Julie. Now, I know that's Marvin Gaye, but
2: is it Prince who inspired you? Like a love-sexy performance yesterday at the Super Bowl? You I'm
4: did like... spark a fire, Liz. Um, I mean, you know that last scene with the special guitar. You know what it is. But it made me... I No, I read a special re- uh, article today about... A special article? Yeah. <laughs>
0: You, now that's your first grade teacher voice. Is that what you'd say to the students? Well, I'm trying
4: on? to couch this because it's, it's a story about sex. Okay, uh, so okay. let's just get ready, everybody. All right. Uh, this happened at Yale University. All right, basically... They have a biennial celebration that's called Sex Week. It's not officially sanctioned or anything, but things go on, if you know what I mean. So they just declare it Sex Week? Yeah. I mean, Yale is a very, I mean, it's an Ivy League school. Uh-huh. A lot of brainiacs go there, but it's also very unconventional in many ways, too. They have lots of different groups on campus.
0: <laughs> I, I right. think I remember, <laughs> Sheila, that earlier we had discussed that it was at this same university, Yale University, where they were um, hosting The nude parties, that that was making some kind of big breakthrough on the social scene at Yale, that people would go to parties, undress, and then just. Uh Julie, that's Yale. I guess they got to
4: let some pressure off. I mean, they're working very hard. It's an Ivy League school. Yeah. Well, okay. So basically what happened is a couple during sex week decided to have sex. In a shower, okay, uh-huh. yeah. in one of those big old, you know, campus showers, mm-hmm. and um, I guess they were in there for a while because um, they flooded the entire building, oh. and so there was, uh, you know, there was an, yeah, it was a lot of water. That's a lot again, of again, like the
2: Super Bowl yesterday. <laughs> I'm thinking Prince in the water yesterday. If okay. I
0: lived, if I lived in that dorm <laughs> on that hall, I might be a little upset. Right. So one of the professors
4: decided to send an email, a, you know, a college-wide email. Shower stalls are for showering. And he, he began the email by saying, okay, this is the most awkward college-wide email I'm ever, I've am ever i ever had to send. Uh-huh. So he, he basically said, no more intimate activity in the showers, Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, quote, the kind of activity that leaves the showers in a decidedly less than hygienic state. Well, I mean, I think if there's a lot of water, it's cleaner than it ever was. <laughs> I mean, I like showering. All right? So basically, this... This sparked a counterattack by some of the conservative groups on campus, who have called this shower episode um, a new chapter in "quote Yale's continuing descent into the depths of moral degradation." Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I don't, I don't know about that, shield, but I mean, I, I can't comment. I'm not there. But I would say that if I was a parent and I, I was paying for college tuition. And I received my, you know, parent um, calendar of events at at Yale and, you know, marked Homecoming weekend and Parents Weekend. I'd be pretty upset if I saw something called sex week <laughs> yes. on there, sheet. Well, Sheila. again. Well,
2: I think it could be helpful, though, Julie. You would know, don't visit during that week. You're right. not oh, going to want to see.
0: Liz, when you say things like that, I know you're not a parent, but that is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I have
4: ever right. heard. Or the showers will be out of use for 90 minutes during that time. Okay, so that's all you really need to know, Julie.
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so, so that's all we know about that. That's all
4: we know about that,
2: Liz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hard to know where to take that. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. And you know what? We now have videos of ourselves posted at satellitesisters.com. You write and ask We're not the time, in the shower. Who are, we? are you guys? So we just posted. CBS News did a really nice story about us. Like, I don't know, 10 years ago or two, whatever. And it's so if you want to see us all on the air, you can now go to satellitesisters.com and click on the link that says Satellite Sisters on TV.
4: We would love for you to check that out. We're the S- artist. But he was phenomenal. He was. He was. He's back. He's fresh and he's back. Um, And I'm back on the cozy couch today. Oh, you are? Yes, I am. You know, of course, many people spent the weekend on the couch watching the football game. No need to get up off the couch, Liz, when you have All You magazine that's going to be featuring Ah. this uh, today. Uh, You know, with articles. Well, it's not really an article. Just feel good food. I didn't know there was any other kind of food. You know (laughs) what I mean? So we're going to be going through the cozy couch, Julie. And I have a a lot of... um, a lot of things about birth order today that I want to discuss uh-huh. with you. Yes, okay. so you got from
2: All You magazine?
4: Yes, a really nice feature. Sounds very they, scientific. Yes, <laughs> yes, they have. But I wanted to tell you, uh, I want to tell everybody that I'm going to New York next week to visit my daughter who lives there right okay so um i am officially That'll be fun oh it'll be fun it'll be fun it'll be fun and you if used it... to
0: live in new york so you have lots of friends there i have
4: lots of friends i have lots of contacts i know where everything is blah 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 yeah but the one thing i don't like now that i'm a southern california girl is i don't like that cold anymore I mean, I am scared. I am scared. I mean, You're the temperatures are cold. Yes, I mean the temperatures are in the, what the teens. Ooh. Okay, and I—you lived there your entire
2: life. You, I mean, you we grew, we grew up, up outside in... of New York City, and then you lived most of your adult life in New York okay,
0: City. Okay, but this is
4: a whole new wardrobe, Liz. This is all uh-huh. new outerwear and maybe some innerwear that I need to get. Did you what,
0: did you burn your winter coat when you moved to? Southern I don't California? have a winter
4: coat. I do not
0: have a winter coat. I how ha- did you leave New York without a winter
4: coat? Well, you saw how I left New York. <laughs> yeah, I no. had three boxes that I br- I put that on to the post office. You kind of
0: mailed
2: yourself. I mailed just... myself
4: my life. <laughs> I mean, I had nothing. Yeah. I had nothing. So I'm. I started again. And, you know, I went back to New York. Last time I was in New York, I think I did have a coat of some kind, uh-huh. but I know it was not warm. It was flapping in the wind. So, all right. You don't want
2: flapping in the wind.
4: <laughs> okay, so here we go. I have decided, uh, actually, my friend Catherine, mm-hmm. very, very graciously, has um, said to me that she is going to loan me her brown coat for the week. Okay, now, that's Now, the brown nice. coat... Is a coat. Now, she lives here. She never wears it, but her mother bought her a really nice, warm winter coat at Burlington Coat Factory. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. It looks like leather, but it's not really leather. It's pleather. It's like, it looks like fur underneath, really, really warm, but it's not real fur. And it's sort of a brown sheath that goes all the way down. It just covers you up in a blanket of softness and warmth. Sheila, I I
0: see you're approaching (laughs) this cold weather all wrong. You're you're trying to be fashionable when it's minus 10 degrees. I mean,
4: it's a beautiful coat. It's the brown coat. So we are doing the transfer this week. We're going to meet for coffee, Uh and she's bringing the coat. And she's very happy that the coat is going to New York. I mean, she feels strongly about the coat. All Maybe right? the like coat to needs write. to get out?
0: Yes. Maybe you'd like uh, to write a series of teen novels, sort of like the traveling pants <laughs> series. It's going to be the traveling brown coat.
4: All right, so now what to wear with the brown coat? Because I don't think it closes fully in the front. Oh, oh see? Stop oh, right oh stop right there. Stop right there, You know pretty. better than that. It's so pretty. Okay, don't worry. I have a white. Sounds more like a topper. Is it a topper? <laughs> no, it sounds coat. like a duster. <laughs> I know, you know, you know, you know how the, they it's were shown. It's a couple. thick. It's thicker than a duster, but not quite a coat. All right. Oh, Sheila. But it's warm. It's warm. I've I've seen it. I haven't tried it on. Now, what I thought I'd do because I have a lot of shawls, is do a major shawl, like wrapping around and tucking it into the brown coat. Okay.
2: That's what Mary Kate Olson would do if she's walking around <laughs> the streets of New York. That's not Sheila
4: Dolan. Well, that's what I'm going to do, Liz, because I have to work with the brown coat. That's what I'm starting with. And now what to wear on my feet? Because I think there's only one thing to wear with a brown coat. What? Brown boots. And? I don't have any. Okay. So now I want to go look for some nice, warm, chunky, clunky brown boots. Sort of a Carmen Electra kind of look, where I tuck my jeans in the brown boots. I don't boots. think
0: Carmen Electra goes outside when it's minus sixteen. Shield,
4: I don't know what to do. So then I have the silk long underwear. From two two years ago, the last time I was in New York during the cold. That's uh-huh. the
0: first sensible thing that I've heard you say that you're bringing to <laughs> the right. cold climate. But that's
4: not going to look good with the tight jeans and the brown boots and the brown coat. It doesn't matter because uh-huh. you'll have the coat over it. <laughs> okay. And Julie, right. you lived in Russia uh, for okay. many years. All right. You have I, to
2: step in here. I think we I need an intervention. I do,
0: she, Sheila. And, I mean, Sheila, I lived in Moscow four winters in Moscow. And one of the things I observed the Russians... And here's the thing about Russians. They take their winter very seriously. Okay? Right. They l Women like to be fashionable, but they get very serious. So i was very happy to hear you're getting good boots. You need them with the rubber soles. You need gloves. You need hats. You need a scarf. But most of all, Sheila, you need a coat. Okay. They, well, well they the don't... brown
4: coat is a coat. No, people. no. Not... Brown
0: coat sounds <laughs> like it's, uh, I don't know what it says. <laughs> it's. says. It's.
4: It's, 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 it's the sheath. It's a, it's a sheath of warmth. Sheath so- is not a coat. No, okay. You, you said you, it doesn't close? I'm not sure if it closes. Catherine didn't have it closed.
0: Oh, um, know, See, you're, you're going for fashion. Okay. The, what you have to say to yourself, what would the Russians do, Sheila? And they would not take brown coat. They would wear brown coat in the summer when it's still <laughs> cold there. Okay. But All I mean right,
4: Julie, where am I going to get a hat and gloves in southern california
0: i I don't know Sheila, right. but Any... you need hat and gloves. You have to abandon your fashion sense just oh, to stay boy. warm Sheila oh, because boy. when it 's this cold, you really can you know you could get frostbite Sheila. Mm-hmm. Great. Sheila,
2: you know this. You know the right thing to do.
0: You lived there a million years. I want brown coat, though. If you I, saw brown coat, you'd want brown coat? Well, then you should go to a, You should go to another location. Don't go to New York. Take brown coat to Miami. It would, sounds like it would be perfect. No, and
4: Catherine even has like a little minky thing that she put underneath the brown no, coat. Now, see, I, I... When I get in my bed. Sounds like brown coat, the it's, way you just said And then it. I have foam pillows, special <laughs> hyperallergenic super foam.
0: Okay, Uh Sheila, well, you've got to kick it up and take it to the next level. You have, there are sleep washes, there are sleep mists. What's They're a sleep, sleep- wash? I, it, it, again, it's, it seems to be mainly lavender, Liz. I don't know. It's mainly smoke and mirrors. You wash yourself with it you before wash you wash with, with, with some lavender hoo-ha, and that will help you sleep. I'm getting it. There's some um, lavender bombs, sleep bombs. I that love that stuff. And they now even Puts have some- out. <laughs> now they even have things that look like roll-on deodorant, and it's like... <laughs> roll on sleep oh
4: that's so much easier than what i'm doing now because i have to put the lavender oil on the tissue and tuck the tissue inside my foam pillow where do you roll it
0: on
6: (laughs) it's like head on
4: (laughs) on. Just roll it on
0: roll it on apply directly to the forehead yeah okay Sheila. well next week you were just talking about going to new york and with brown coat i want you to take brown coat and yourself over to something which is becoming the next big thing now they these are these sleep chambers they have a place in new york called yellow and these are where you go into these they're like storefronts or whatever and in there are seven or eight private chambers hmm. and you sign up and pay for a 20 to 40 minute nap oh and like go, a pod it's a pod sheila you go into a pod and they're beige leather couches and special mood lighting. I'm sure for additional money, you can um, do
4: a lavender can, wash. You can do a <laughs> lavender
0: wash. They have Nepalese cashmere blankets, Sheila. And for a 20 minute nap, nap it's $12. Sounds nice and cozy. Okay. In there. So, or <laughs> All right. I like it. Or you can go to Metro naps, Sheila. Again, same idea. If you need a quick nap, you just stop into one of these pods, okay? And what you, what they do
4: is... I just in- might need to get warm because I have brown coat and I'm, I won't be warm enough. Just to go into the pod for that alone. That sounds good,
0: Julie. <laughs> but if there's... A- it's sleep, Sheila. I do you think you really want to spend a lot of money
4: sleeping? <laughs> Pay, Paying, by the, paying by the minute? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm invested in the whole idea of sleep, and I respect the fact that someone's thinking about consumers like me. Uh-huh. You know, yes. and And thank you. And thank you for
0: that. So you take your bottled water, and you head over to your pod with your brown coat, and you can have a nice little nap. I'd oh, love to know whether you, whether you could actually fall asleep. All now, right. L- now, do we have time?
4: Yes, we are. Well, but I think we should go right to Smoothie Monday, right? As long as we're talking about absolutely, relaxing things. Absolutely. Now, I have a special smoothie today. It's a mixture of berries, you know, ice, um, juices, and milk. I and think I, juices <laughs> and milk. I think I saw you throw a banana in there too, and right? banana. You know why it has everything? Because we are smoothing it out to my girl, Joni Mitchell. That's right. We're smoothing it out. Coffee. To the original Joni Mitchell, that's right. What she's doing now is unbelievable, people. What is she doing now? She's sort of been off the radar for a while. I mean, I know you bumped into her at the hairdresser. Yes, I did. I had a moment with her. I was completely starstruck when I saw her at my hairdresser. And I told her that, you know, I just bought a copy of Blue, and she really didn't care. She was having highlights. Her (laughs) highlights look great in the photo. What she's been doing is writing ballets and painting liz really she has That's not been interesting. doing any songs she's just been as she said was she a dancer i never knew she was a dancer she was a dancer yes she was she's done a lot of things julie and she says she's uh doing the work of four 20 year olds right now between her big art show and her ballet that she's created it's called the beat of black wings um and it's just a beautiful thing. That sounds thing. very scary. Joni Mitchell, doesn't it? It sounds yes. a little scary. It's scary <laughs> the
2: Hissing of Summer Lawn, right? Well, Liz, she's a poet, Liz. I know she is. And she always was. And Can I just a- hand me that? She's, so there's a big story about her in the, it was in the Sunday L.A. Times, right, Sheila? Right. So what I'd
4: like to do is just do, smooth it out to Joni today. I want, ma- I want to make sure that ballet goes well, that her art show goes well, and that she thinks of me back here in L.A., Okay. <laughs> when, when she's traveling. Are you still
0: stalking her
4: at the same hairdresser, Sheila? You know, that was really embarrassing because I asked her a point-blank question. Are you touring now? And she ans- clearly answered me no. And then she started talking, and I went into a zone, you know, where I was completely starstruck. And after she finished talking, I said, so are you doing any concerts? I mean, that oh, was Sheila, just. yeah, that's Yeah, painful. that was at the beginning of my uh entertainment reporting when I wasn't (laughs) as lucid as I am now. Joni, we we have always loved you. you And here it is. Blueberry smoothie for you, Joni.
2: It's nice to know Joni Mitchell is still out there doing the job. She's doing the deal. She would be a solid gold satellite sister by, by any measure. Joni, you're always invited. Give us a call, 866 33 Sister, 866 337 4783, or just go to Satellite Sisters and send us an email. We're the Satellite Sisters.
4: That's right. I'm Sheila Dolan here with my sisters, Liz and Julie. Our phone number is 866-33-SISTER, 866-337-4783. Well, sisters, I have some good news and some bad news from Hollywood. Oh. First, let's have a little good news. Fair Fawcett been struggling with cancer, really fighting hard. She has not disclosed what kind of cancer she has, but she just celebrated her 60th birthday. And she got a clean bill of health from her doctor. Oh, good for her. That is yeah. good. Yeah. I didn't realize she hasn't said what she really has to people. No, she has not gone into it. But, you know, she's really, her friends have rallied around her. And I think a lot of people who sort of, you know, dismissed her after all those years where she kind of went way out there in terms of the acting world and the appearance on David Letterman and people. Oh, I had forgotten. Yeah, it's a little haywire. If for people a while. were wondering, you know, what was going on there, but she's really been struggling. So we just want to say, good for you, Farah. Good for you. So that's the good news. Is this a related bad news? Related, related bad news and really, really awful bad news. Ryan O'Neal, of course, her former husband, was accused of assaulting his adult son with a deadly weapon this weekend in Malibu. His son, his poor son, Griffin O'Neill, who's been struggling with his own drug and alcohol addiction, um, who, you know, was, he, he was pleaded no contest to a drunken driving charge in 1989. Who um, did, Ryan or Griffin? Griffin. Oh, Griffin. But basically this weekend, Ryan O'Neill, 65, was arrested and accused of assault with a deadly weapon, um, Against his Did son. he fire at him? Does it, are any of the details there? There's no details right now, Liz. And he was released on $50,000 bond. That sounds very serious. So he's facing felony charges. Wow. That's right. Um, so O'Neill had two children with his first wife, Joanna Moore, and that was Griffin O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill. And I don't know if you remember when Tatum O'Neill came out with her own autobiography a few years ago. No. And just said, basically, I mean, the book was all about... How awful her father was, really? You know, just like what an abusive guy he was, and of course a drug addict, an alcoholic, and you know had a lot of, you know, terrible things going on in his life. So, and no one believed her when she came I, out with that book.
0: And that's still hard, you know, because he is from Love Story, and you know oh, when you, you right. go if you go that far back, you know, he just his on air or on screen image is so, I guess, so different than his personal life. Right, but I'm sure more facts will come out, Liz.
2: But didn't he, I thought he was another one where he kind of pulled himself together, because when Farrah Fawcett first announced that she was sick, didn't Ryan O'Neal, yes. you know, sort of run to her side and help nurse her back to health? Uh, well, that's, that's why I in thought the he was... That's why grocery
0: store, too, Liz.
2: Yeah. Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> that's all I see, Julie. I see the headlines, <laughs> and obviously I believe them. I thought he was good. I don't know and he if I fully believe that.
4: There were a lot of publicity shots on that, but, you know, I think... I think the truth will come out, Liz. You think he's just like a complete loose cannon? I do, Liz. Yeah. That That, is me.
0: That is terrible. Hey, Sheila, I know we've been talking a lot about the Super Bowl, which is not really your sport, football. But I, I want you to know that I have taken up your what well, I think one of your favorite sports, which is reading the New York Times wedding announcements oh, yeah. on Sunday in the so- style section. It's entertaining. Which you can do online, or you can buy the newspaper. Either way, but you can read. They they profile different weddings, and for a couple of the profiles, they give a lot of the backstory: how the couple met, where you know where they were going to have the wedding reception, and little personal details about their relationship. So Sheila, I know it's something that you and Leon like to discuss at all times. What goes on? And I saw a wedding announcement yesterday that I just thought I had to bring to you, okay. which was the wedding of Francis Wu and Rommel Nobe. Okay, and I started to read this, and I thought this was a very nice sort of cross-cultural wedding story because right. Francis Wu was born in Virginia and she is of Chinese and Japanese heritage, and she speaks both Chinese, Japanese, and, of course, English. And she met online her future husband, Rommel Norbay, and he is of Asian-Indian descent, but he was um, actually born in Kenya, speaks Swahili as his first language, lived in Goa, India, which is a place I've always wanted to visit, and, of course, then grew up, uh, spent most of his childhood Growing up in the United States. And so I'm reading the story and I think, oh, well, this sounds really nice and how they blended the two cultures and the wedding. But then this is where the New York Times um, wedding announcements gets very interesting because they also included a little detail about Mr. Nobe, who apparently was suing Princeton University where he where he attended He sued Princeton for defamation of character after the university notified medical schools where Mr. Norbay had applied and said that his applications contained misrepresentations, and an altered academic record. Of oh, you're Julie. kidding. And in court, the, the paper goes this on to say... This is in the New York Times? This, this a is a in the New York call? Times. So, Miss, you know, the, here is the groom that obviously is fudging it's his... He's a ap- liar. He's a liar. Ding, ding, ding. This is alarm bells for Francis Wu. What are Francis? you doing? Francis, get out now. I know. And in court, he had to admit, Mr. Nobe had to admit that Princeton, that the information that he presented to colleges or to medical schools was inaccurate.
4: Well, I just want to know how many people were at the reception. I mean, do we need to know? This is all too much information. I know, but okay. But that's that's, why we love it. That's why we love it. So I'm drawn
0: (laughs) in. Frances Wu sounds like a wonderful girl. I'm really rooting for her. So I think this is of some concern that her future husband has a tendency to make up stuff about himself. Okay, you met him online, so... What else is out there? Right. The other, no. That is
2: scary, Julie. That is like your satellite sisters are supposed to step in and say, Francis, wait a
4: second. Let's do a thorough check. That's what Sheila would do, right? Right. But you always root for one of the people in the vows column. It's either the man or the woman. So I'm rooting
0: for Francis. Okay. Here's the other small problem into the family that she's marrying. Oh, no. That they have a tradition in their family to name their children after Famous generals. So, as I mentioned, oh. his name is Rommel. He has a brother named Napoleon, of course. There's oh. an Alexander and a Bonaparte.
4: Oh, that is oh freaky. Okay, <laughs> who
2: would name? their child
0: after field marshal okay. rommel
4: i mean <laughs> okay. when you said rommel i wasn't thinking rommel, i know
2: rommel. i know
0: that's why you have to go you have to participate in this sport list you have to get in so Uh-oh. they won first Francis, prize. tell me it ain't so second place goes to a smaller announcement in the same paper sheila where a Catherine morrison age 72 yeah. was marrying william golden Age ninety-seven. Oh okay. come on! Really? We, really? I think it must be a typo, but that's what they've said. Oh, I
4: love it! I Okay, see there's always an older couple. That's what I love. You do. <laughs> it like gives that. me hope. There's okay. always that time for us. I'm you a long
0: hope. way from ninety-seven. There's a there's a lot of good-looking ninety-seven-year-olds out there. You
1: single sisters, available. are available. <laughs>
0: Do you want that or
2: the guy that's lying about his college record? I don't know. That's a tough call. Okay, coming up. Ooh, this has been really uh, intense so far, we know. But don't worry. The Cozy Couch is coming up. Sheila is going to help us focus. All you people. On the trivial and the mundane. You know you like it. Stay tuned. Our number is 866-33-SISTER. And if you want to send us an email, go to satellitesisters.com.
4: satellite sisters and welcome everybody welcome to the cozy couch with sheila and this is a post super bowl cozy couch oh because even if you spent the whole weekend watching the game there's still more time to space out with the trivial and mundane right people sure all right so let's do our three-step process which i've taught you now we're going to breathe reach Reach and and snack snack. for the leftover chips and guacamole (laughs) come on all right bring it on home all right Today, Julie, I have a special magazine. I haven't read this in a while. It's called All You. All You. It's $1.97 at the checkout. It's ideas, tips, and life with a reality check. Sounds Even good. though I don't want a reality check, they're going to give it to me. Oh. And um, there aren't any real actual articles. Uh, just a big old <laughs> chocolate cake on the cover and a picture of Reese Witherspoon for some reason. <laughs> so that's All You. For all me. All right, so let's get started. We're going to have three different articles today. I call them articles. They're not really articles. (laughs) Just words. There's a lot of bullet points. There's a feel-good special called What You Love This Month. Okay. Just for February. Yeah. Um, Then make the most of your place in the family. We're going to go over some birth order things, which I thought would be fun. We always love that at Satellite Sisters. And then just a new little feature they have in just five minutes. Okay. Something you can do in just five (laughs) minutes. All right.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's
2: good because
4: sometimes you only have five minutes. All right. What You Love This Month. All I want to say is... Move over, peppermint shards, and here come marshmallows. Okay, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. In February, what we like to do, just people write in. Well, we like to break out the grill and have an indoor picnic. It's a change of pace from just... Hot chocolate and marshmallows. It so like it's smoky in the house. With they're the grilling Indian. inside. Liz, why don't you get your grill ready and bring it inside, Liz? <laughs> Liz, and would have a nice little picnic. House. All right. I mean, I do that every day in the cozy couch. You do. I have Indian food ordered, and I spread it out on the coffee table, and I pretend I'm on a grassy knoll somewhere. <laughs> I really do. I love it. Wow. All right. So that's uh, one little feel good tip. How about this? Um... <laughs> Are there any others that are even... I'm feeling good with that one, too. We get past the cold months by making the most of tubing, sledding, and curling up in a warm fire with hot chocolate and... peppermint shards. No, no, Liz. Marshmallows. Say it. (laughs) Marshmallows. Marshmallows. Okay, everybody loves marshmallows in February, all right? And if you're not a big marshmallow fan, maybe you enjoy this next entry. Okay. Julie, I can see you doing this for okay, your family. Sheila. You get up early on Valentine's Day and make heart-shaped pancakes topped with strawberries and whipped cream. Aww. Come on, Julie. I that's that, Is that nice. what you're going to do, Julie? I have that's my plan. <laughs> and you know what I think would look really sweet? Just a few little marshmallows right on top <laughs> of those pancakes to make it extra sweet. Okay, so that's what you love this month. All right. Wow, let's. that's just a quite a comprehensive list. <laughs> Okay. L- make the most of your place in the family. Let's go right to this. It's called friends and family. All right. You are the oldest. Julie, you're the oldest girl, so let's just take it from there. Okay. okay. All right? Now, first of all, what they're going to have is they're going to have your good traits and uh-huh. then where you need to work. Okay? Uh, okay. All right. Also known <laughs> as
0: your bad traits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. What are we starting with?
4: The good ones okay. or the good ones? Well, first of all, All You Magazine says pat yourself on the back, Miss Responsible. Okay. <laughs> so do that right now, Julie. Just okay. pat yourself. Come I'm on. Patting, do patting, it. Patting, All right. Patting. Good for that you. That must
2: make you feel better.
4: All right. Now, Julie, at home, your motto is a place for everything and everything in its place, right? That's about right, Sheila. Typically, okay. your house is spotless and very, very organized. Right, Julie? Mm-hmm. Okay. All Except right.
2: currently all your possessions are in a container <laughs> Yeah, they're all being a held by the Department of Homeland Security because it just got
4: here from Russia. Now, as a mom, Julie, you like to take charge, and when your family vacation gets close, you're the one who researches the getaways and plans the itinerary and how to move across the country or across the world, that's, right?
0: That's me, Sheila. Yes.
4: All right. Now, here are the things you need to work on, Julie. Now, <laughs> you're going to say this in things. a nice voice
0: to me, Sheila. All right.
4: The first thing you need to do. Is to learn how to say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are gonna practice that right now. <laughs> Julie, on the count of three, you are gonna say no. And I want you to try it and say it with feeling now. One, two, three. Say no. No. Say it. No. No, Julie, you have to say it if, you have to say it with feeling and with strength. I'm gonna try it again. One, two, three. No. Okay, that was a little better but it wasn't perfect. Let's go for a third one. One, two, three, say no. No, no, okay, good, no. good, good. Say it like that, Julie. And that's what you need to do as the oldest girl. Okay. Right now, Liz. Interestingly, we are both middle children. That's correct. Which is hard right. to do, but when you have f- five daughters. All right. Now, really, what it says here: these are our attributes, Liz. Yes. At work, you. Th- it's, it's interesting <laughs> that we could share attributes. Isn't it? You okay. do seem so. You seem so. unalike, you too. At work, we think outside the box, Liz. Yeah. And uh-huh. for me, there's never been a box, and that's what I like about it. It's your sheer unfamiliarity with the box that is key to your success. <laughs> now, at home, it says. When your hubby's away and you're so independent, you barely notice. You entertain yourself with DVDs. Now, when I was married, I didn't even notice my hubby was home, <laughs> <laughs> and I did entertain myself with DVDs. Uh huh. All right. And what you really, but you, what you really need to do, Liz, what is, is you need to this... learn how to accept help. Accept help. All right. Don't ask me, Liz. Go ahead and ask me. (laughs)
2: Just try me. If I ask you anything, you're going to say no. (laughs) No.
0: Yes. So say, please help me. (laughs) Say it. Yes, I want to hear this. (laughs) Come on, Liz. Go ahead and say it. Please help me. No, Please. You're making a mockery
4: of it, Liz. Yes, I am. Say it for real. Please help me. Just
0: say it. She
4: can't do it. she can't do it. Okay, help. Help. That's good. Help. That's good. All right, very good, Liz. You're doing well. Thank you. All right. So you also have to learn to say, please help me? I say that all the time. You say that all the time. I do. I'm very good at it. No, I need to learn how to keep a to-do list. Um, Doing your own thing means you sometimes forget... Big tasks like where you're going and how to get there. Yeah. So I need to get my to-do list together. Okay. So that's something I'm going to work on. Right at the top of the to-do right. list. Right, and that's from that's from friends and family. So let's go right to get ahead this month. Okay, you want to get ahead? Uh huh. You only have um, five minutes. All right, and. <laughs> We only really have five minutes to get ahead. Five minutes all month. You really? Help. <laughs> Good, Julie. And what are you going to say? No. All right. All right. Here's every something we can do together. Make the perfect cup of cocoa. <laughs> this is going to help us get ahead. With- it's, it's your world, Liz. All right? It's stress busters, mood lifters, and new ways to get more out of everyday life. Uh huh. All right. Now, you want to snuggle up and have some nice cocoa with with what? You're marshmallows. marshmallows! You're gonna use four cups of milk, unsweetened cocoa powder, some vanilla, hot chocolate mugs, and top it with gourmet vanilla. Marshmallows! marshmallows. <laughs> It's
2: amazing how simple life can be when you read, what is this magazine called again? All You. All You. It
4: simplifies everything. It's just all
2: marshmallow, isn't it? I feel so snugly and warm now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sheila, I know many people had an exhausting weekend on the cozy couch, so now they know what it feels like to be Sheila all the time. I mean, you spend every weekend on the cozy couch. For some people, it's only the Super Bowl.
0: But don't you think it's going to take you longer than five minutes to make that... um, hot chocolate? Julie, you're
4: a perfectionist. You're the oldest in the family. No, just slap it in there and mix it up, Julie, and plop on the marshmallows because everything tastes better with marshmallows. Yes, it does. It uh, really does. I thought everything tasted better with peppermint shards. <laughs> peppermint- no, peppermint charts will keep you awake,
7: Liz. Oh, okay. The marshmallows
2: soothe, calm you down. down. All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. To find out anything else you need to know about us, go to SatelliteSisters.com and remember, while you're there now, you can see us on CBS News. You want to see All five sisters sort of having fun together, like we do on the radio every day? No! (laughs) Help! (laughs) Anyway, check it out at SatelliteSisters.com. Click on the link that says Satellite Sisters on TV. News talk and laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time.